Hello, Sentimentally Ill Nation. My name is Anthony Savasta. This is episode three, part two. If you haven't listened to episode three, part one, where I sit down with Scruff and talk about Jolt and Pogs, please go back and do so. It is well worth it. But right now, uh, listen to Scruff and I talk about stuff on the boob tube. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to go on the TV here. Cool. MTV's The State. Right on. I'd never heard of this show before. Oh, really? I can, I no. can, lend, I can lend it to you. I have the whole series on DVD when it came out. I, I watched a couple episodes oh, yeah. prior, and I definitely like want to binge on it. Oh, yeah. It's well, especially when you see the cast yes. and what they've done in the years since. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, all these people were Michael on Ian one Black, show. Michael Ian Black, man. He's great. You know, but, you have uh, uh, Thomas Lennon. Thomas Lennon. Not yep. Reno Nine One One, and then um, several people from Reno Nine One One were, were on the show because. Uh, um, oh, uh, really? Uh, Carrie Kenny. She was she's Carrie Kenny Silver on Reno Nine One One, but she was just Carrie Kenny before she got married on the state. But she was also on the state with him. Oh shit! Um, yeah, I saw uh, her. Joe Latruglio Joe from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yep, yeah, on there. Um, also, uh, um, looks exactly the same. Uh, Ken Marino, who who's also on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Sometimes he was like the kind of dimwitted captain they got when Holt. Got uh, sent over to oh, another Prince Yeah, you know he he was on the state. Um, the one guy that played Officer Junior or whatever, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Was that a skit? Uh, no, no, on on, on Reno Nine One One. Oh, gotcha. Uh, um, but there was another guy that was that was from the state. Uh, that was also on Reno Nine One One. Also, um, right after the state ended, they had a show on Comedy Central. Some of the cast members where it was just. Uh, Kerry Kenny, Thomas Lennon, and Michael Ian Black on a show called Viva Variety. Okay. Where um, they pretended to be like these European people that had a variety show on Comedy Central, and it was like some like live product placement and sketches, and they would always have a cool musical guest like uh, play a song. And uh, I know uh, that was a big thing for me, like when I was in like, I want to say ninth grade, maybe 10th, but like I remember like. There's definitely an episode with like Real Big Fish as the musical guest, and they had like right. Uh, That's cool. Uh, Marshall Crenshaw, who was a a guest star on Pete and Pete that we also talk about. Uh, oh, we will. <laughs> he, he was he was on View Variety. There's there's a, a tying bond there. <laughs> nice. But uh, but the state came out. It was on for three years. Three, I, three seasons. No, or, oh, three sorry. years or something. Under two years. Under two years. That's what I okay. found. Yeah. But there were three seasons, I think, and uh, um, uh, it never got canceled either. No, no, they like oh, okay. just decided like we're gonna do other stuff. Okay, that's what I found. Okay, yeah. I knew, I knew like a which is pretty cool. <laughs> there's some weird thing where like I don't know if it was just a special they did or something, but like it wasn't on MTV, but they did one episode on CBS for like their final episode. Really? And like I talked to people about it, and they're like, I have no memory of this. So it's like I don't the show, know. Like, period. No, just the, that being episode, on that, yeah. that one episode on CBS, and it's like I talk about it, and I'm like, no, man. Like, and they had Sonic Youth as a musical guest, and they played a song, and like that's cool, and, and like. The coolest thing was at the end of the episode because they knew it was their last one. Was it was all the cast standing around or like you know we at the state figure you know there's no better way to end our legacy than to be sued by the Beatles. So they just all start <laughs> singing "Let It Be" and like you see the phone start ringing and like it says that it's Paul McCartney on the line and they just pick up the receiver and they're screaming into it. And <laughs> nice, like, dude. Hang it up. Uh, yeah, but it was one of those things where I think it came out at like. Uh, do, do you say what 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 the first year it was that it was out of the three years it was? Or I got a, I got an exact day here. Okay. I got December seventeenth, nineteen ninety three. Okay, so yeah. so either at ninety three, yeah. I'd have been like uh, December of ninety three. The end of it, I'd, I'd have been eleven. So okay. like so so it was on from when I was eleven through like when I was thirteen. 
and the humor in this, like I remember at the time, it's very, I, it's I, pretty above a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, I would it, say it is, but there's also stuff that was like right there. Like they had yeah. this good mix of like when I was a kid, I laughed at all like the real, you know, scatological and, and you know, sexual innuendo and whatever jokes. <laughs> there's that, a know, lot of them. Were, yeah, they were very lowbrow. And then yeah. when I rewatched it later, I'm like, oh, there's actually a lot of really clever stuff in this too. But either way, at the time, the things that I thought were most hilarious, you know, my mom would just be like, "This is stupid," you know, or whatever. And then like, you know, and then later on showing it, you know, my wife is like. This is stupid, but like you know, I think uh, people in my age demographic, it was like came out at just the right time for us. And and uh, it's a real interesting blend. And of there's humor. a bunch. There's it's a like bunch of things. Absurd. Like, sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah, when, yeah. When I find people that are into it, and you like make a reference to it, and it's just kind of like ah, you know, like, you got it. but uh, um, the, yeah, I saw um, a few episodes. But, but but when it came out, um, and, and and when I would watch it, like during the original airings on MTV, it was on on Friday nights. At ten thirty, okay, and cool. Beavis and Butthead was on at ten, and the whole thing was like that, ten. That block, you know, ten o'clock was my bedtime. Uh-oh. You know, dur- during those years, and the deal my my mom had made with me was I could stay up till eleven on either Friday night or Saturday night, you know, and I could pick and like, uh, you know, Friday night was you know ten o'clock Beavis and Butthead, ten thirty the state. <laughs> Saturday night was ten o'clock on, on on USA. It was either ten o'clock. The, the sitcom they made out of the movie Weird Science, like like the show, Whoa. or Duckman, which was this show, this cartoon show where you had this weird anthropomorphic duck that was a detective <laughs> who was like a real asshole and he was voiced by Jason Alexander. What? Uh, the, um, uh, Seinfeld, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, George Costanza, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it was always a, a rough call, but usually <laughs> I found the Friday night block to be the more, uh, you know, Bank consistently, buck, yeah. yeah, you know, so, so usually Friday night is when I would stay up. And then especially at the time, I was still being brought to church. So it was like, ah, I'm going to be all groggy on Sunday if I stay up on Saturday. But there's definitely some some weeks when I would try to, you know, finagle. Come on, can I stay up late both That's nights? That's what gets you, know, you to Or, you know, especially if it was one of those things where it's like, you know, if, if my parents were out somewhere, it's like, ah, I'm staying up. And again, you know, me thinking I'm super rebellious getting away with something. It's like, ah, and I'm staying up both nights. And then. It seems to be a common theme here. Oh, yeah. You know, you know with I, the I think hogs and the jolt, I, I, like being I banned. And... I, I think it's one of those things where it's like just, you know, that's that's a very, uh, you know, privileged suburban kid thing. Sure, it's right? just like, you know, this, this feeling that, that you need to get one over that you need to, you know somehow you know rebel that's i was like what what topic were we on at this point but uh be yeah, a lot of a lot, lot of great sketches on on that show um you know the staying up on on fridays to watch it and then uh you know that's what i like I, about it it's just one skit oh, like yeah. one after the yeah, other like, no like, like did, but there was a lot of things where it was like some of the characters like i i you know read interviews or something later like i don't know if you saw any of the episodes with the character louie where no. he would just come in and you know they were making fun of how snl was at the time like in okay. the early 90s this was like the you know, David Spade, Adam Sandler years or whatever were like, they had gotten kind of lazy at SNL where it was just like, you would find a sketch that you would write that would work and then they would just milk the hell out of it. So it was like, you know, Rob Schneider had his, you know, making copies, you know, guy or whatever and and stuff. So like uh, the character Louie, they were like, they would announce at the beginning of each sketch, it's Louie, the guy who says his catchphrase over and over again. You know, so it was like, they were making fun of how SNL was at the time with that. And, and, you know, I didn't know that was this funny subversive thing they were doing. It was just his whole thing is it was Ken Marino and he would come into a party and everybody would be excited that he was there. And he'd be like, you know, who's got a beverage? And they'd be like, I do. It's, you know, what is it? It's, you know, dry martini. And he has these ping pong balls. He's like, I want to dip my balls in it. And they're all just like, yeah, you know, and like. You know, you can't have the catchphrase, I want to dip my balls in it, like, you know, and have a bunch of, you know, 11 to 13 year olds be watching that and not just constantly being like, oh, this is yeah, yeah. just genius. You know, <laughs> exactly, and just, yeah. And again, my mom would just be shaking her head, just like, it's crude and it's dumb, but, you know, whatever, just, you know, they, 
my, my parents were always very uh, keeps them out of trouble. Yeah, you know they're <laughs> they, they're very you know uh, easygoing about things. Where, where you know like I remember being a kid and watching like some movies that definitely had a lot of you know language in it, and, yeah. and their whole thing was like, we don't care if you watch this, just don't repeat it. You know, like, yeah, like you know, like or it's like or even if you do, know who not to do it in front of. You know, it's like you know maybe don't do it in front of us. You know, or I, I definitely remember times where it's like you know. You know, my dad would be like, all right, kiddo, we're going to grandma's, like, don't quote space balls. It's like, okay. You know, it's like, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> nice. uh, but with, uh, the state, like some of the ones that, that always come to me was the, um, there's a great sketch where it's a, uh, uh, a talk show where it's this guy, Barry Lutz, and he has his guest and his guest, his whole thing is that he, uh, specializes in monkey torture and like, yeah, yeah, I saw that one. This, yeah. yeah with Lennon, yeah. Yeah. You think it's going to be this like, you know physical thing and, and this real bummer of a sketch but it's like oh no it's mostly mental torture like you know yeah, he's just yeah, talking yeah. about what he does to them and just, like, and just at the very end like one of the things that my call. friends and i you know reference it where he's like you know do you have any advice for you know children that would like to pursue a career in monkey torture get a monkey and torture the hell out of it you know and it's just like it's a good impression you know so we just oh we, we do that one a lot there was a big one especially um you know me being a my last name's cardinale everybody thinks automatically from seeing that and seeing all the chest air and, and the the olive, they're like, oh, this guy's super Italian. I'm like, I'm like a quarter, you know, but right. it's like, but either way, just, you know, coming from New Jersey where we do, there's just this, you know, population, I'm sure being down in Tom's River, we're recording this, you deal with a lot at Seaside, you know, just the, sure. you know, the, the, the stereotypical view of people think of New Jersey and, and Italians in general. There's a great sketch on there where it's just all these guys hanging out in the basement. They're all wearing the, the wife beaters and stuff and, yeah. and talking and they're bored. And it's like, you know, what do you want to do on board? And they're just like, <laughs> Let's go to the zoo and watch the monkeys do it. And they're like, yeah, and they're all excited and it just keeps going. It's like, how are they going to make a whole sketch out of this? But then they're arguing and it's like, you know, well, what if we go there and the monkeys, they ain't in the mood. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> then we'll watch the penguins do it. And it's like, oh, that's sick. And it's like, why is the penguins sick but the monkeys not? Yeah. He's like, because the penguins, they ain't natural. They're chemically man-made. And it's like, how do you notice about the penguins? He's like, hey, read the Bible, man. Noah's Ark. There's monkeys, there's lions, there's bears. Ain't no mention of penguins. It's like, hey, all right, if it's in the Bible, you know, but it's just like, <laughs> So then at the very end, Lennon comes down in drag. He's their, their like, old mother. Yeah. And, like, they're, they're being told on by the sisters, like, is this true, what they say? You're going to the zoo to watch the monkeys do it? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ma. And it's like, the monkeys do not do it. The monkeys make a love. And it's just like, you know, they look deep into each other's eyes. You know what yes. it is? You know, it's like, now get the camcorder and let's go watch the monkeys make amore. You know, and they run out and it's just like, <laughs> that's the, the twist endings of things. Where yeah, like, yeah. It starts out as a sketch and goes. It was just... I noticed that too with so, a couple sketches. So good with with that and and uh, like like I say the uh, um, enjoying it on on a different level later on. You know where it's like um, you know you, you can't believe how much the the people have gone on to do since that. And you watch things like I think a lot of that with the uh, '90s sketch comedy where uh, um, at the time you enjoy it and it is what it is, and then you don't think about it, and then somebody goes on to do something later. And it's like oh yeah, they were from that, you know, and right. and. and uh, I didn't think about it much because, like I say, I had very permissive parents and kind of watch whatever I wanted. But my wife, who who had you know a little bit more uh, you know straight laced upbringing, and and wasn't allowed to watch like anything on Fox growing up. So like, there's all this stuff that's like just you know in in our age group, like like among my friends and I, like she's like two years younger than me. So you know everybody that's in like their their mid to late thirties now, yeah. it was like we all grew up on the same stuff, like especially on that channel, like The Simpsons, you know, Married with Children. <laughs> and 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 then uh, uh, in Living Color, like all those things are on like reruns on different channels now. And you're channel surfing, and I'll be watching. And she's like, "Oh, I wasn't allowed to watch this growing up. Like this is actually really good." It's like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, right. you know, like, that's why I lasted for a bunch of seasons. But it's like in Living Color, especially like a lot of the sketches don't stand up. Like it's 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 not as great as I remember it. You know, when sure. I was young. But like when you watch the cast and like 
I never bothered to think about that she never paid attention to the show. She's like, wait, wait a minute, is that like Oscar winner Jamie Foxx? Right. And, like, yeah. Jennifer Lopez is just dancing. And it's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's that's this is where they got their start. Jim Carrey got his start on this. You know, and it's, it's like, crazy, man. You know, <laughs> Do you have a favorite so, cast member on the state? On the state? Oh, I don't know. Like, everybody's kind of, uh, they got their, uh, their different, uh, quirks strengths and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and whatever. I think it's, it's, uh, it's really just the, the cast in general and their ability to play off each other. Uh, you know, I think, uh, do you remember the one with the Joe Latruglia and they come home with the girl and like the hormones yes, are like dancing? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of the funny things too, uh, about the DVDs that are a little weird yeah. is, uh, um, uh, MTV was owned by Viacom. Okay. And, uh, um, you know, everybody knows uh, Viacom's got a bunch of money. So, right. you are you know, at the time when the show was on and they just thought, oh, it's this thing that's just going to air one time, whatever. Sure. License our music. Great. Because it was on MTV and MTV's big thing was always, you know, we want to be hip and current. So let's put hip and current songs as the music beds for these things. And then when it gets released on DVDs later, the people are like, uh, no, you got to pay us again. Use that, whatever. So there used to be a lot of you know, current music and stuff on the state, and then also on Dario when it got released on DVD, that when it gets released on DVD, now it's just some generic instrumental music. So oh. it's always weird, because it's like, that's not how I remember this. It's kind of so, a bummer, yeah. So at the end of that sketch with the hormones, when they're all dancing around victoriously at the end, yeah. usually the Humpty Dance was playing, the the uh, uh, the Digital Underground song. Whoa. And, and like, you know, then I rewatched it, I'm like, that's not how this was, you know? And like, there was one sketch where like, the guy goes to the store, and he's like, I don't get why women don't like me or whatever. And the, the clerk is like, have you ever considered pants? And it goes to this whole <laughs> montage of like, you know, her having him try on different yeah. kinds of pants. And like, originally he doesn't know why they work. He's trying to put his <laughs> arm in the leg and stuff. And like, eventually, uh, you know, the ladies all love him now that he's, you know, dressed well. And, you know, the clerk is like, you know, well, you know, that's, you know, all well and good for him. But, you know, what about me? And then yeah. somebody's like, why don't you take your own advice? And it cuts down. And he's not wearing them. Like, yeah. during that sketch, the Breeders' Cannonball was playing. And like on the DVD it's not Whoa, and it's just yeah. like you know it's you know there's that part of me that always remembers like no that's not right, that's not <laughs> you right. Know, it's... yeah I was watching them on YouTube yeah. so yeah that would have blown my mind if like songs like that were coming up during that show too yeah. when I was watching it mm-hmm. it's pretty cool man but that was the same thing with the um, like I say with Daria like uh, I haven't watched the, the DVD I haven't watched that uh, in a long time since it came out but I remember like you know even at the time, kind of refer- like like recognizing it, where it's like, oh yeah, like they're definitely trying to be like, you know, hey, we're on MTV and hip and like using all this music and like, right. you know, of the time and like now it's like, you know, that's not well, it's of that time, but it's like, you know, uh, like there's their uh, the one episode when uh, um they go to uh like a party at the the popular kids' house or something and they're in there because they've been tutoring them and like when they're all dancing like. When it originally aired, it's you know Will Smith's getting jiggy with it playing, but then on the DVD, you know, like they they didn't have the money to license that again. But it's just always like, no, that's not how this went. <laughs> right, know? It's, the it's, slight variations. Yeah, yep. It's pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. And um, again, that's the kind of crap rattling around in my head. <laughs> but you know, dude, I feel you on but, that, but, man. But, but as far as uh, um, you know, uh, any kind of marketable skill or whatever, you know, something that can be productive, it's like, nope. You get out of here. You got to remember, like you know, just random pop culture, this, yeah. and shit like that, dude. I feel you on that one. That's what this whole fucking podcast is, really. And it's great. I love listening to podcasts like that because it's yeah, like, there's same. other like-minded people. <laughs> exactly, dude. Um, anything else in the state you want to talk about? Um, not especially. Like I say, just yeah. Uh, um, uh, the uh, it reminded me of all that. Yes, remember that yes, show? Yes, yeah, similar so to that. that. Was, yeah, and and. <laughs> That's uh, a little more. That was more like kid friendly, though. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's on Nickelodeon, but again, I don't know whether or not it's the uh, the segue you're going for. But the the, the uh, ah, well, there you go. I uh, wasn't, but but, but, but the, uh, <laughs> in the latter seasons of all that, yeah. Um, uh, 
normally the uh, uh, vital information for your everyday life sketch that Lori Beth Denberg would do, where she yep. was sitting at the news guest, the news desk. She was replaced by Danny Tamborelli, who played Little Pete on the Adventures of Pete and Pete, also on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Which is quite yeah. a show, man. Yeah. Quite a freaking show. Absolutely. Um, I watched a couple episodes of that, man, yeah. to prepare for this, man, yeah. and like... What a great show! Yeah, let me just say, well, like, that's, that's one of those things. Like, if you weren't so well when, written when, when we talk about, uh, you know, being the like, like about ten years difference between us. Yeah, right? if you didn't grow up watching it and, and you're just seeing it for the first time, it's like, I remembered oh, yeah. it. Yeah, the only episode I remembered that I didn't watch because right. I remembered it was there was one where like they tried to stay up. Yeah, yeah, the, for, night, like, days. the night crawlers. Yeah, yeah. To, to beat the record. That's yep. the only one I ever remembered. Um, and yeah. I watched the first episode. With a uh, member open face. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Pete has a crush yep. on his math yeah. teacher. And like, <laughs> uh, that that particular episode, that was before it was even a uh, um, like its own show. Yeah. That was like just I a special that, yeah. they put out for Valentine's Day. Like no the, the DVDs uh, like had like a few of those episodes where I think there was like three or four of them that they did that were like holiday specials. That was a Valentine's Day holiday special. Yeah. They had done one about New Year's and like making resolutions and like <laughs> Pete's ideas for that. And there was one. Uh, that was like how we spent our va- summer vacation about when, when like the town ice cream man kind of disappears and then <laughs> trying to track him down and like where he went. But, uh, then like, I think the summer between when I was in fourth and fifth grade is like, like 90, uh, 92 into 93 yeah. is, uh, uh, like when it like officially became its own show where it was like, you know, yeah. new episodes every week and, and 93 uh, to 96, okay, yeah. three seasons. Yep. Filmed and, in New Jersey too. Yeah. A yeah. lot of different locations yep. up, in Jersey. Up, up, up in Nutley. Uh, yeah, I wasn't events. aware of that. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the the two uh, main stars of the cast, Danny Tamborelli and Michael C. Morona, have, nice. their, own, have their own <laughs> podcast as well. Do they? Called the Adventures of Danny and Mike, and, and they talk some out. about yeah. uh, you know sometimes they'll get into you know behind the scenes stuff, talking about the show, and and uh, very cool. I've actually had the good fortune of uh, meeting and, and talking with Danny Tamborelli a couple of times because he plays bass in a band called Jounce. Nice, that's, that's pretty good. And uh, cool. uh, one of the things that I really like, I get bummed out. When somebody is like an actor or some kind of celebrity, yeah, and they're in a band and it's kind of its own project, sure. And all the venue wants to talk about is they were in this thing you like, come see it, right? And one of the the things that I really liked was on that particular tour, Jounce was on. When you looked at the events on Facebook, like almost every other venue was all you know that where it was just you know Changing this guy around, from yeah. Nickelodeon, go go go, come see this. Remember so him? You, yeah. So you just have all these you know you know kind of you know, curiosity seekers or whatever that are just, you know, there to see, you know, some random celebrity but don't care about the music. But it was like they were playing Asbury Park Yacht Club and it was just, you know, Jounce and this other band. And I'm like, oh, like this is – somebody had mentioned he was in this band that I knew from like uh, – you So know, you the, knew he was going to be there though? I, I knew he was going to yeah. be there but like <laughs> – but, you know, I, 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 you know, I wanted to check them out genuinely where it was like, you know, yeah. somebody I knew was like, oh, like this, this band and, and it actually is this kid in it. And it's like, oh – and they keep saying like – Everybody keeps saying this kid, and they expect him to look like he did when he was like, you know, twelve or thirteen. It's like yeah. you could see that he's him, but you like, see it, yeah, but, but he's an adult, you know. And it's just like, <laughs> and he's not embarrassed by it. He loves the time that he spent on the show, but it's just like nice. this is this thing that you know he's trying to get people to respect on its own merits, yeah. and 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 they're a fine band. There, you know, I, I enjoyed him. Very he's cool. like you know super down to earth and cool to talk that night. And yeah, he's then, a busy dude. And then, still, yeah, yeah. And I mean, now he's a new dad. You know, he talks about it's, that. So oh, that's you cool. Know, it's, Congratulations, but, Danny. But uh, um, but either way, uh, the band Puppy Boy that I was last in. Uh, we we had put together a show in Trenton and, and we were actually successfully able to get him on the bill on that and like that was a cool. whole huge deal and like I definitely got friends of mine that I knew were like you know big nerds into the show where it's like this is a big deal for you I get it but like you know don't fanboy out don't, yeah, don't, right. don't you know nerd don't crowd him or whatever and, he's and, heard it all before and, 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 and like every everybody was cool about it and, and, and just like 
it was a, a lot of fun to the point where actually we got name dropped on on the next episode of the podcast where he was like, "Oh yeah, you know we nice. we, we played this show in Trenton with this guy Scruff Cardinal and these, and these cool bands." And I was like, "Oh yeah." You know, <laughs> And then, like, I, I love the my podcast, but, but, but one of the things that always annoys me about it is uh, my, Michael Morona, the bigger Pete, who's, yeah. like, originally from somewhere in New York, and both of them live in the city now, but, like, it always is this running thing where he just shits on New Jersey all the time. Doesn't it's just it? like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, but, nice. so it was like, it was starting with that, but then, like, you know, you knew that he would have expanded and talked about the show in more detail, but then it just talked about the two of them just, you know, going on about, you know, it being in Trenton that was the 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 capital and then just talking about Christy and it's like, yeah, I hate him too. But like <laughs> he was talking about me, man. Like, nice. You know? Shit, but, man. uh, but yeah, that show is a, a, a huge part of, uh, you know, I think a lot of my friends and I, uh, it was just so, uh, like you say, like not just well-written, but just like, just all these like kids were just such these weird characters and like, you know, it's like they, absurd, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like yeah, you, you you didn't ever get to really see like uh, a little piece you know, hilarious and an expanded you know class of like what the other ones were like. Was it was like was this just what all the Wellsville residents were like, and like these are like kind of the popular kids, or were these like really the weirdos that they would be if they were kids like this in any school? It's a good and question, like you yeah. know, they're just kind of in their own separate you know adventures and not paying attention to like what the regular you know kids in the nineties that weren't riding like old timey bikes and, and whatever right? like you know doing. But uh, that's uh. A lot of uh, cool uh, music people had Dude, done had done cameos that they I had, had. I didn't I had, know that that I had no idea who they were at the time and like the find out later. Rules. You know? Yeah, yeah, Polaris. Polaris and, yeah. But I mean, like that Iggy Pop plays Nona Mecklenburg's dad in the show. I what? had no idea who Iggy Pop was. <laughs> you know, that's how I learned. And it's right? like it's like you know, that's so cool. So it's so it's so funny to like learn about something through that and then getting into punk and and going back and it's like wait a minute, like. This guy that I just know is like this actor from like this quirky show was like this, you know, forefather of, of, of this, you know, music genre in the right. 70s. Like he was cool before I knew about him. But yeah, the uh, a lot of the cool musicians that had, had made cameos on Pete and Pete, um, Iggy Pop being the one that always immediately comes to mind because he was actually in several episodes. But then was he really? Yeah. Like I say, he played the Nona F. Mecklenburg, who was like Pete's best friend that got introduced in season two. She was played by the actress Michelle Trachtenberg, who used to be in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, and, uh, Harriet the Spy. Um, yeah, yeah, Harriet the Spy, like a bunch <laughs> of things. Um, her dad was played by Iggy Pop, so like he was in a bunch Ooh. of episodes. And it what? was really funny, too, because like his particular it. character was like often part of the group of like the kind of like normal, boring adults that were always trying to thwart the kids. And it's right, like, right. it's so funny because he's this guy that's all about, you know, <laughs> punk and anti-establishment or whatever. And it's, it's like... It's a weird scene him wear a shirt. Uh, yeah, it is weird seeing him wear a shirt and like he usually has his hair tied back. Like you don't usually always see it being real, you know, long and stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, one of the things that, uh, they talk about it in the, uh, the commentary on the one Halloween episode when, uh, like there's the, the group of bullies that are, you know, uh, you know, kind of trying to ruin Halloween for the kids. Excuse me. Um, in the end when, when they're all like caught and thwarted, they're having them clean up all the stuff they had done on mischief night and like destruction of property. And, yeah. uh, the one is like cleaning the steps with a toothbrush or, or, or like he's cleaning, he's cleaning the steps with like whatever you would. And then all of a sudden Iggy pop comes and hands him a toothbrush. And he's like, you missed a spot <laughs> stooge. And the fact that he calls him a stooge and he yes. was in Iggy and the stooges is like this great nod. And, and oh, you know, like, yeah. I didn't catch that as a kid, but like, it's like, Oh, that's fantastic. But, uh, that is in the episode with the, uh, sick, yeah. <laughs> in the episode with the, um, the ice cream man, like missing from town. Yeah. Uh, Michael Stipe from REM is in that. He, he plays an ice cream man named Captain Scrummy. Whoa. And, uh, um, Pete and Pete rock and, and roll connection. Uh, 
Kate Pearson from the B-52s is in that episode. Damn. Um, I'm trying to think of other... Uh, well, like what's say, the town they live in? What's Wellsville. That's based off a replacement song, I think, too? I'm not sure. It might be, yeah. but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, but yeah, yeah. The sort of I had no idea there was a like, huge link there. Um, that's cool, man. Uh, Marshall Crenshaw, like I say, who was also yep. a, a musical guest on the uh, um, Viva Variety, which was like a spinoff of the, uh, the state. Um, he plays this guy... Mel Ratner, who's like the local meter reader, but there's an episode where yep, Little Pete like, starts a band, and uh, the one who can like see the future. No, no, no. Like I, I saw one where like the meter guy could like tell the future. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was. I don't know if it was the same character or not, but in the yeah. episode I'm talking about, it's called Hard Days Pete, where he starts a band called the Blowholes. Where um, <laughs> nice. He uh, the the band Polaris that's the uh, that does the theme song. Yep. Like there's an episode where he takes a shortcut to school different than he normally would and passes by their practice space and like. It's the whole thing where it talks about how, like, Little Pete never really cared about music before. Like, he knew it was a thing, but he never had a song that was, like, his or, like, yeah. a favorite band or anything. And when he heard this the first time, it hit him. And, like, he went back to the practice space again, and they were gone, and he, he couldn't find the name of the song or anything. So he gets obsessed with trying to find it, eventually gets a guitar himself and figures out how to play the song and starts a band so they could just keep playing well, it. That, that's cool, the, man. The guy, you know, Mel Ratner, plays guitar in the band, and the... uh the bass player of the band, I don't remember who she was, but apparently she was like a kind of indie artist as well. Uh, Julianne Hatfield is in an episode. And then you just have some like, uh, you know, cool famous actors that, you know. Yeah, I noticed like, that too. You know, yeah. Adam West was in a bunch of episodes playing, playing this. <laughs> I watched school. all the wrong ones, man. Well, I didn't well, see the any of these West, cats. The, <laughs> the Adam West ones are hard to find because they were all season three. Okay. And that season wasn't released on DVD. Not a lost and season. Like, um, you know, so it was like if you didn't see those when they aired, or like mm. look at like the really shittily uh, posted on YouTube versions yep, that's of them. What I was watching. You can't see those uh, <laughs> those episodes, and like again, that goes to uh, Viacom and music rights. I don't know how true it is, but supposedly there's there's a uh, one episode where they're at a school dance, and, and Luscious Jackson is the uh, the the band playing at the dance, yeah. and because you know they they didn't want to you know pay them what they wanted for the licensing of all their songs in the episode, and yeah. you can't take them out because they're like central to the plot, like. Big Pete has a, a romantic interest in one of them, and, and like you know, they're playing at the dance like throughout the entire episode. You can't like you know, <laughs> not do it. So supposedly, like you know, there's a bunch of season three DVDs like ready in the warehouse to go, but like you know, until wow. Viacom like you know comes to an agreement. I hope that's not the case because I like you know Luscious Jackson, and I I, I don't want to think that they're holding me up from owning the complete series. The complete series. <laughs> so you have the other two. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have, as well I have as the one and two. Yeah. yeah. Right oh on, yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I'll collect things and I'll buy like complete seasons of, of stuff and I rarely take it out. And it's like, especially if you find out that the thing is on Netflix also, it's like, oh, I can watch it here without taking the DVD Press in and out. And you know, it's on, yeah. But, but uh, um, you know, a lot of the stuff isn't on there, but it's just like finding the time to sit and watch. And it's like, you don't want to just watch an episode at once. It's like, you want to, you know, get through it. But um, I should really watch those more. Like both the uh, oh, dude, I'm gonna, Pete and the I'm going to watch Pete and Pete yeah. front to back. Yeah. From just checking it out for this, man. Yeah, like I say again, <laughs> I'm happy to lend you my uh, my nice. copies. Sounds good. But uh, uh, that was one of the things I wanted to. Uh, the the drummer of uh, of Puppy Boy, he didn't have cable growing up, and it was on Nickelodeon. Uh -oh. So when we were talking about what a huge deal it was to play with his band, like he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And it's like, oh, no, man, like no. you know, <laughs> yeah. like you borrow this, watch this, like you will you will become enthralled and, and just like you know, it's good, man. A, yeah. a lot of my my friends that that have that same you know kind of, uh, you know, quirky, you know weird kid upbringing where it was sure. like the, the show just spoke to him. Like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't for everybody, but it's like, you know, they seem to know who their audience was and, and it was, you know, right. a, a real important thing. Like they do a lot of, uh, um, 
they'll do a tour called Nostalgia Personified, where it's like, you know, the two of them usually record an episode of their podcast okay. and like, you know, do Q and A's and stuff about it. Like there's a huge, uh, huge you know, community still, yeah. Yeah, of, of people where it was like, you know, this, this was a, a an, an important thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. The, uh, uh, and then I always loved the guy, uh, uh, Toby Huss that played Artie, the strongest Artie. man in the world, <laughs> Artie, yeah. um, all of the different things he's done. And it's like, sometimes he's a character actor, but mostly he's done a lot of great voice work. Really? And it's like, when you hear and know that it's him, like you can't unhear it. It's like, but I don't know if you're familiar with the, if you watch much King of the Hill. Yes. When it was I love on. that show. But, I've uh, seen every episode but, multiple but, yeah, times. But the, uh, Toby Huss, the, the guy who played Artie, the strongest man in the world yeah. is the voice of Cotton Hill. What? He is the voice of Khan Supanusenphone. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Uh, and he is the voice of uh, Cotton's friend Topsy that would like always like kind of like inflate his mouth. Like, yeah, yeah. Holy crap. So it's like so it's really cool to know that. And then it's like you hear it. And it's like yeah, I could hear it. And it's like all I can picture is I know he didn't always dress like Artie, but I'm just picturing him yeah. in the sound booth <laughs> recording all these parts, just like you know. <laughs> crazy dude. He was one of the uh, um, when they made that Country Bears movie for Disney. He was the voice of one I of them. To <laughs> deal with Petunia. Um, they never say the origin of the tattoo. It's they just don't? like, yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's, you know, for some reason this kid, and he actually has two cause they, they, they only, they never really talk about it's it. It's like but nine. In, but, but in the one episode <laughs> when they go down the, uh, um, when they're going to the beach, like over yeah. the summer, uh, I always have to keep stopping myself cause it's like when it's not in New Jersey, I'm always saying going down the shore and it's like, you know, no, like yeah. I know it's shot in New Jersey, but they never say that Wellsville is in there. So it's like, mm. no, it's, it's, they go to the beach there. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, the way that, that Pete and little Pete and, and Artie, always celebrate the end or not celebrate, but kind of like ring in the, the end of the summer and the new school year starting is they go to the beach and try to beat up the ocean. They just stand in the waves and punch it. <laughs> yeah, and like I remember that. Try to, you know, that's their way yeah. of you know, kind of blowing off steam. And Holy in shit. that one, little Pete has this giant like pirate ship tattoo on his back. And like, they never, you know, mention it. It's just like, <laughs> it's like the most bizarre thing. Like this kid just has like a decently sized tattoo. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, there's in, in, in the uh, the podcast that they do. They, they get they, its own credit. Yeah, yeah. They they talk about um, how you know it was a temporary tattoo, obviously, right. but they only had so many of them. So like when they were shooting like a bunch of days, they would have to like you know Use wrap it shot. up and and like you know you know make them like have it like wrapped in saran wrapped a shower or something so they didn't have wow. to keep redoing it and run out of them. You know, that's but, crazy, dude. <laughs> that and then the mom's plate. Yeah, <laughs> that there, there's some great. Uh, um, I watched the one where Subplots he fakes, on that. fakes being home, fakes yeah. sick. Yeah. And uh, he's like playing with the garage door opener. Yep. And like the mom's coming Bounces home. Bounces it off that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Just kind of there's, like. There's Phew. definitely ones where it's like they're in the. Um, the DVDs also have some of the shorts because before Pete and Pete was its own show. Yes. And, and even before the. I'd uh, read that, um, yeah. And even before like the. the um, like the holiday special episodes they made, it used to be this little inner like interstitial, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. thing in between commercials where it was just shorts. So they have one there talking about Pete's tattoo where they don't tell how he gets it or anything. <laughs> the same thing with the mom's plate; they don't say exactly how she got it, like what happened to make her cause it. But like yeah. they're showing them like in the kitchen and how if she like tilts her head a certain <laughs> way, they can get radio stations from different yeah. uh, you know countries or whatever. Oh so my. it's like you know they're having taco night at home, so she finds like some Mexican radio station and they're dancing around. Jesus. <laughs> It, it's a great show. Yeah. Um, like, well, just just some of the the absurdness, the 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 um, you know, the the beach special one where it's like they go to the beach and the dad has a metal detector and it talks about how like you know he's always convinced he's going to find treasure and and uh, that supposedly that's how he found the mom because she was laying down and the metal detector starts <laughs> going crazy off the plate. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but like eventually he's like finding something. He's like, this is huge. Like you know, like <laughs> doubloons or whatever. And they unbury it and it's like. A nineteen like seventy or eighty something uh, Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, and like they drive home in that, and it's what? like a, a whole huge deal. But it's just like 
And they never give the origin of the plate? No. No? I don't. Not, not that I recall. Which like, also has its own like, credit. Like, yeah, it says that, you know, she <laughs> got it as a kid, but I don't, I don't recall them ever saying, like, you know, I, I don't imagine on a kid's show they would, like, talk about some horrific accident or right, something, yeah. you know, that caused them to get it. It was just always a funny, uh... Never did know, the P&P movie, gag. huh? They never no. made a movie. Yeah, no. They didn't do that. Like uh. I say, um, uh... The third season, it started getting, you know, um, I think it was, you know... Wearing down? Not even wearing down, but it was just like they were getting to a certain age where it's like you can't sure. really believe them as kids. And, and, and right. like, I mean, I feel like it ended in a good place, but it was just like I'm, I'm always bummed out that I, you know, I can't own the the whole series to rewatch three and see if it stands up as well as the other ones do. That's crazy, But I know in, a, um, in the last episode, um, it's just kind of this weird thing where it's just about a random Saturday that's kind of boring, but all these stories kind of end up linking together at the end. So it was a planned last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was or not. Okay, but but, but, uh, but either the one that, that is the last episode, um, Pete's whole thing, the big Pete is like yeah. the barber that he goes to, like never talks, and he's like uh, just hell bent on making him have a conversation, and like eventually they finally find yeah. <laughs> something that he likes, and and like will go on at length about, and he just keeps cutting the hair while it's happening. So then at the end, he has this weird like punk hairstyle because he just kept cutting. But the the barber is played by J.K. Simmons, who, nice. who was you know. In a bunch of things, you bunch know, of things. Spider-Man. Juno, yeah, you know, Juno and Oz and all that. Yeah. It's like, you know, I great no actor. Idea. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea who he was at the time, but yeah, when you think of some of the actors that have been in that, like um, uh, Ellen Hickel, you know, Big Pete's best friend, her dad is played by Steve Buscemi, and like, I didn't see that, and, and he's he's only in a couple episodes, but it's like, you know, you know, I, I think about that, and it's like, wow, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you remember the show Frasier? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Fraser's ex-wife was mm-hmm. the male lady. Yes, in that yeah. episode where he stays B- on B- B- sick. Newworth. Yep. Yeah, is that her name? Nice. Yeah, that's the name of the actress. But she yeah. was she was apparently like a famous Broadway actress too, or something. But nice. uh, like, or I don't know about Broadway, but like yeah. like a, like a theater actress, yeah. like, like not just like a a television one and, and movie one, uh, a stage actress, whatever. And, and uh, but yeah, she played uh, Lilith. Uh, his, Lilith. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was his wife in Cheers, and then. Yep, because that's Frazier, a spinoff. Yeah, Frazier was a spinoff of Cheers. Yeah. Both are great shows. Yeah. yeah, good shit, man. Yeah, right on. Um, yeah, I mean, we touched on all the topics. Um, guess we'll close this one out. Absolutely. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to? Uh, while you get the while the mics are hot. Uh, not not especially. Like no. I say right right now in between projects. Between I'm, projects, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to get you know a band again, but it just uh, okay. I have Scruff's looking I, for a band, you know, y'all. I I haven't uh, written anything of my own since the. Uh, the one band, the Tea and Whiskey, I broke up with in, in, in 2012, you know, that we're still, uh, you know, pals and all that, but just, you know, adulthood got in the way. Yeah. And just, I haven't been inspired. So, like, the last band, Puppy Boy, that I was in where I was playing bass, you know, I was happy to be a, you know, a supporting, you know, character where, where, where somebody else was writing the stuff. And, gotcha. and you know, but uh, it's... You want to do your own thing? I don't know. You know, you it's don't like, know, yeah. I, you know, th- there was definitely a part of me that missed being the front man. That was always a lot of fun and, and, and what most of my experience with bands were, but, you know, it was also really... Uh, um, you know, comforting to not have that on you, but sure. at the same time, I think I think I got to still sort of do it because the uh, the guy that actually wrote the songs and sang them all like wasn't as, as talkative. So like as far as banter went, he's like, "All right, cool, I'm tuning, go talk." You know, it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. no worries. Um, yeah. So for this pod, we're on Instagram, sentimentally ill pod, Facebook, also sentimentally ill pod. Any questions or concerns? Or you want to be a guest on the show? Sentimentallyillpod at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if you feel so inclined. That'd be really nice. That's awesome to know it's on there. I know uh, when yeah. I initially saw um, it took a while. Okay. Apple's tough. Man. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, um, initially, when when I when I saw when you were like, here's one episode that you know, yeah. my sister talks about Barbies. It's on YouTube. I was like, I didn't know if I was going to convince my friends to like. 
listen to this episode of Zomber. It's like you have to actually sit in front of your computer and like watch uh, a YouTube video of just you know audio. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's cool to know it's on iTunes and they could listen to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jogging or at work or something like that. Exactly, yeah. YouTube <laughs> was like a last minute thing. Right. Like, I wasn't feeling YouTube. I'm like, there's no need for it to be on YouTube. No. You watch things on YouTube. Exactly. We're but not knocking apparently, YouTube. It's great for what it is, but it's not a, a podcast medium. But apparently it is for yeah, some, so that's yeah. why I did it. Well, there's some video <laughs> podcasts. And again, right. It's like, you know, it's weird. We, we're, we're not doing a lot of, you know. I, not I, there yet. Just, just in case, I didn't know if it was or not. I made sure to, you know, still, you know. Oh, there's cameras uh, hidden all you know, over. Yeah, I, I made sure you know to, to look all right, just just in case it was one of those. I'm not even a fan of video podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't neither. really like I can't but watch I know, like, like Joe Rogan's interviews. I can listen to them, yeah. but I can't. But no, that's that's a joke of mine with, with, with like my wife, where you know she always prefers me in t-shirts. She's like, your shoulders look so good, and I was just like, you know, what? no, like you know, like when I go, like when I'm when I'm dealing with the public or something, I got to wear the uniform. <laughs> People know that I'm wearing the Hawaiian shirts at shows and stuff. That's Is that your always, thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, I, don't I like Kevin Smith in the yeah, jerseys, yeah. You know, I don't remember exactly when it started, but I kind of realized, like, like I had a few ever since I was a kid where it was, like, you know, it, just in the 80s and early 90s growing up, like, there was always, like, the weird kind of chubby best friend that was, like, the, the, the carefree party animal guy that was always wearing the Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. So, like, that speaks to me, and I think <laughs> I think part of it came from growing up watching wrestling, too. It's very Captain Lou Albano, just the big bearded nice, Hawaiian dude. shirt. So cool, man. Yep. So, I hope you have a blast to that show. Absolutely. Um... You definitely need to come back on, without a doubt. Happy to do it. Now that I know how to get here, I'll yeah. <laughs> show up at the time that I'm supposed no to. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> here at the Sentimentally Ill Studios. <laughs> Very cool. Yep. Um, so I have been Anthony Savasta. This is... Scruff Cardinale. Yep. Sentimentally Ill. Yep. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Peace.